scammers are stealing hundreds of millions of pounds every year. They bombard us with fraudulent texts, emails and calls. And what's more, their tactics are getting increasingly sinister. To keep across the latest scams, sign up to our free Scam Alert service to help you stay ahead of the latest scams and protect yourself. Go to witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. That's witch.co.uk forward slash scam alert dash newsletter. Thank you. Hello, it's Lucia here. Now, you might be listening to this podcast because it popped up on our Witch Money podcast feed. And if so, I just wanted to tell you that we're bringing you something a little bit different today. Now, throughout September over on Witch Investigates, we'll be delivering a special series of episodes as we look to get answers to your everyday questions. We'll have episodes on energy, mortgages and shopping. But first up is a special one hosted by me, where we discuss the things you can do to save on your next holiday. So stay tuned for tips on how to get the best seats on a plane, the best luxury destination to get the most for your money and why your travel pillow could help you beat that strict luggage allowance but let's get to it and i'll be back next week with another regular episode of our witch money podcast and if you haven't listened to that then do have a listen and join us next week but for now i hope you enjoy when life gives you questions which get answers Welcome to this Get Answers special from the team here at Witch. I'm Lucia Ariano, host of our weekly Witch Money podcast. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be sitting down with some brilliant experts, all with amazing inside knowledge on how best to save you money. Now, you might have seen them across social media or perhaps on your TV screens. And it's my absolute pleasure to say that with me today is the founder of the hugely successful Cheap Holiday Expert brand with hundreds of thousands of followers on social media and a website brimming with hacks and advice, cheapholidayexpert.com. I'm talking about Chelsea Dickinson. Hello, Chelsea. Hello, Lucia. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming in today. Well, our listeners might have seen you popping up on This Morning, BBC News, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. But for anyone who's not familiar with the Cheap Holiday Expert, tell us more about you. How did it all start? Oh, well, we are going back six years now, but I think I was in a similar situation to a lot of people where you get to the end of the year, you're thinking about your New Year's resolutions, you're thinking, Mm -hmm. I'd like to do a bit more travel, you know, Mm -hmm. but I haven't got a lot of money, which, you know, is always the the reason why a lot of us stop and end up going on the same one holiday a year or something like that. Um, So I decided to set myself a challenge because I came across a study, I, I think it was Trainline who did like a press research thing. And they found that the average British person spends £3,418 a year on holidays. Okay. Now, this is six years ago. I don't even want to think about how much it is now. But I remember being sat there thinking, that is a colossal amount of money. It's a lot. What could I do if I had half the amount of cash and how many holidays could I go on? So that's what it kind of started off as. I did it on YouTube It was some videos that my friends and family watched and I didn't think much more of it. But by the end of the year, I'd managed to do 10 holidays. I'd done business class. Okay, it was to Benidorm. But look, we will take it. We will take it. I mean, I would take that for sure. (laughs) I managed to do three continents. I'd gone to like Miami and New York, all on this small, small budget. And so I thought, you know what? I think there's something in this. And it got picked up by the newspapers and it all kind of started to snowball from there. Um, But it didn't actually, it wasn't until 2020 when I thought, oh, maybe there's something a bit more professional in this that I should be doing. And when I thought to change it to cheapholidayexpert.com before that, it was was named after the challenge, How Many Holidays? Um, And I did that, that wonderful thing of going, right, let's launch it 
in April 2020. Mm. The best month for launching a travel company. Why was that the, uh, the best or perhaps not the best month for launching a travel company? Well, we had everything ready to go. And of then, course. you know, oh, we've got this lockdown. Mm. Do you know what? We'll be out of it in a couple mm. of weeks. And as we all know, that didn't happen. But it was really interesting, actually, because I actually think the pandemic was kind of the making of the company in a weird way, because mm -hmm. it made me pivot. I ended up doing a lot of what you guys do so brilliantly, which is helping consumers know their rights in terms of getting refunds. And then it was all about just, you know, deciphering those really complicated travel rules and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I spent the next couple of years helping people, not making any money at all, but actually growing that loyal base of people who love holidays and just want to make sure they are getting the, you know, the complete money's worth. And that's kind of where the community was built from. And then when travel opened back up, that's when the fun Thank began. Goodness. Thank goodness. I know. Yeah. It's such an amazing story and a really fun way to 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 start what is now the Cheap Holiday Expert. So thankfully, lockdown has lifted and yes. you've now been able to go on what I have seen. I mean, today I've watched so many videos <laughs> of you. Um, it, you're having a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. You've been on a lot. You've been on a lot of holidays. Let, let's start with with some of your your best bargains. Oh, let's yeah. set, let's set the bar bar quite high. Okay, I think I truly think in terms of the best bargain which I've handed money over for has got to be I flew to Japan for two hundred and forty pound return. Wow! I mean, you you couldn't do that these days. That is jaw droppingly. Late. I know it was pre pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think you struggle these days, but yeah, it was flying with. Um, Aeroflot, which are the Russian airlines. So can't, okay. you know, can't get those deals anymore. Right. But still, it was such a bargain. £240 and it was changing in Moscow. And it was just one of these, they, they call it an aerofare. But it was an aerofare that kept coming up. And therefore, I was like, mm, I think they're probably going to, you know, say that this is okay. With aerofares, they can, you know, change their mind on it and actually mm. take away the cheap airfare that you found. But it had come up so often, I felt really confident about it. And I thought, do you know what? Let's give it a go. We ended up going in April, which is, you know, a really popular time. It's blossom season. Cherry bl we were there for cherry blossom oh, season. Amazing. So the hotels weren't so cheap, but the mm -hmm. flights were very, very, very cheap. Yeah. Well, shall we start on picking some of your advice then? Yes. Um, and we will get to flights. So I'll ask you a bit more about how you managed to find that super, super cheap Japan flight later on. But first, shall we start with package holidays? Yeah. Um, generally speaking, what's your advice here? Package holidays is the one thing I always say, no matter what type of holiday that you're trying to book, whether it is a package holiday or you're doing it yourself, is that it you have to test and trial different ways of booking it each time you're booking, i.e. if you found a an amazing deal on Travel Republic mm -hmm. for your last holiday, it doesn't mean you're going to find your next amazing deal on mm -hmm. Travel Republic this so time. So forget loyalty. Honestly... That's truly, I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really disloyal when it comes to booking my holidays mm -hmm. because ultimately price is king. Yes, you want to factor in whether, you know, somebody has a good rating and whether they're going to give you the good customer service yeah. as well. That's important. But ultimately for myself and for so many people, the price is going to be the number one factor. 
that you press buck on these holidays. So for package holidays in particular, I think it's so, so important to be shopping around Mm -hmm. and to not just looking at one places. Uh, There are comparison sites that do this for you, like Ice Lolly and Travel Supermarket, but also break it down. Take a look at what you're getting as part of that package and look at the hotel yourself and the flights yourself and put them back together. Which one are you going to save more money on? I saw a really interesting tip that you gave in a video today, one of the many videos I watched. Um, and it's about finding the cheapest dates. Mm. So if you know where you want to go, this I thought was brilliant. Yeah. I love this because a lot of us, I think, have got those bucket list hotels mm-hmm. or resorts that we are desperate to go to. But in peak season in particular, it's so expensive. So one thing I always say to people is actually be so flexible with when you can go and you can save hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Now, there are a few ways to do this, but for package holidays, one mm-hmm. of the easiest ways that I found it is just Google the name of the hotel resort that you're after and follow it up with Love Holidays. Now, Love Holidays is a brand you can book your hotel through it. I'm not saying you should book your hotel mm-hmm. through it. I'm just saying they have got a very good tool. Well, to we'll get use. to the we'll get to the booking bit in a moment. Yeah, really, so. <laughs> exactly. So what you do is you do that, and it brings up a calendar view, which will tell you how much it costs to go on every single date in this calendar. And you can just scroll through and it will literally tell you the cheapest date that you can go on. So I went to a five-star luxury, beautiful resort in Turkey in May. Mm -hmm. It was back in May. And it was £1,700 for the the week to go there. And yet when I double-checked it using this method, I saw that you go in December for around £800. Amazing savings, yeah, aren't they? The same holiday. Yes, mm-hmm. you might not get the same weather. Yeah. But you know, for that kind of holiday, you're saving a lot of cash. That's just one of those knowledge is power moments, isn't it? Yes. And so once you've done that, you can then search for on a comparison website yeah. and find the, the the very cheapest deal. Yeah, that's the one thing I say. The the book doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. Once you've found, you're essentially using it for the data. Mm-hmm. Once you've got the data, it's up to you to double check it, shop around and make sure. You could end up saving even more money on it by, you know, putting it through a comparison website like that. So, yeah, that's one of my favourite feelings is mm-hmm. when you know that you've saved a fortune compared to just booking the week before. It's an amazing feeling, um, especially, you know, when you're saving hundreds of pounds, yeah. you know, if, if you're going away as a four or as a group. Um, yeah, amazing. Um, I love that. And you've just mentioned something that brings me nicely onto all-inclusive holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is your holiday to Turkey. Yes. Where you tested out, um, as, as I understand it, a few different types of all-inclusive yeah. holiday Right. Where do we start? How were they? How, do they? how did they compare? Well, the reason I did this was uh, there are so many five-star all-inclusive uh, hotels and resorts mm-hmm. in Turkey. It's a minefield. But some of them are £300 for the week and some of them, as I said, are 1700 And you just go, hang on, mm-hmm. excuse me, what's the difference here? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the... The thing I really wanted to showcase was that five star doesn't mean what a lot of people think. You know, people naturally think five star equals luxury. Yeah. No. Five star is about facilities. Right. You're, somebody has, you know, ticked off a list. Oh, that's right. It's got a business center. Oh, we offer ironing in the hotel. You know, oh. these are all the things that they have to tick off a list to make it a certain star rating. And of course, it's different country to country as well. Mm. <laughs> so the Turkish star rating so is different to the British star mm. rating. Um, so I really wanted to showcase that. And so I chose to do that by doing 
by going to a budget uh, mid-range and a luxury five-star hotel in Turkey. And what was really interesting to me and what I wasn't expecting was the low one, which was around £387 for the week. I only stayed at them for like a two days each. Mm -hmm. um, that was amazing value. And yes, really? it was cheap and, you know, it, you, you got what you... Actually, I think you got way more than what you paid for in mm -hmm. that. And that the food was more than fine. I was giving it ratings of like six and a half out of ten. It's not bad for the cost, it's right? It's well worth it for, for a, you know, nearly a grand saving, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And what really surprised me was I actually didn't think the mid-range option was a big enough leap up. Right. For the money versus the cheaper one. Mm -hmm. I really expected to come away thinking that the mid-range option was the best value. But actually, I came away thinking the cheapest was the best value, followed very closely by the luxury one. Well, I mean, that's what we wanted to hear, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, that is fantastic. I absolutely love it. Um, I also saw you did a video on watered down alcohol or perhaps not watered down alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I had to ask you about that. That was just one of those ideas where when I was canvassing for where I should go for my five-star Turkish holidays, mm -hmm. I got a few comments saying, oh, don't go to the cheap ones. They water down the alcohol. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. it too. So I was like, all right, let's do a little bit of myth busting on this. Let's find ourselves. I've, I think it's called a refractometer. Oh, okay. So it's not quite an alcohol measurer, but it mm -hmm. does tell you the percentage of alcohol, like how strong it is. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we put on our little lab coats. Love it. Got some shots of vodka and gin and a little taste test and a little bit of a refractometer <laughs> test as well. Yeah. But at our, at our particular hotel, it was, you know, it was what they said, around 35% uh, strength. I don't think they're watering it down. I watched them like break the seal. I believe them. That's great. To, I mean, that's why I wanted, that's really what I wanted to hear. Um, and, you know, it's good to hear you say that the, the budget ones, you know, met, met your, met your standard, I suppose. Um, just to give you an, an anecdote from my sister-in-law, she was going away this summer and she was telling me that for an all-inclusive resort for her and her two kids, my part, my partner, her partner, my brother. Um, that's for the after hours podcast, actually. <laughs> Um, it was looking at four grand for Ibiza, for a resort in Ibiza. Wow. And, you know, that's 16K for a family of four, which is just nuts. I should say she didn't book this holiday. But I just thought, I mean, are people really up against it with, with, with these figures? Um, so that is brilliant news. Um, in terms of finding a, a bargain with all-inclusive holidays, mm -hmm. is, is there any tips you'd give there? It's um, all about your dates, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's about your dates. Can you possibly go when it is not the peak season? Yeah. I know that's not what families want to hear. Mm. They really do get their money's worth out of families, especially in the summer holidays. Yeah. There are a few things you can do, though, um, if, especially if you are a family. Uh, the last week of August tends to be cheaper. Of course, I am speaking to those with children in English and Welsh schools. The Scottish kids right. are, you know, yeah. back in school by that point. But then there is another kind of top tip that you can do where if you do live close to the Scottish English border by if you're English you know going away in that last week of August but flying from Scotland can be a lot cheaper and vice versa flying from England but in that June period where only the Scottish schools are off can save you a lot of money as well so it's 
It's all about demand, essentially. You know, you're looking for those pockets where less people are doing what you want to do. And that's when you're going to see the savings. And it's thinking outside the box a bit, mm, that, isn't yeah. it? And I mean, we're, we're kind of getting on now to the DIY holiday versus yeah. the package holiday. So when it comes then to booking your flights and your hotel separately, what should we take first? Should we go flights first? Um You've already given us some hacks. Should we run through some more? So this is the big thing I always say to people. Cheap flights are amazing, but they're not the only thing. And they are a one-off cost. Mm -hmm. If you are going away for a week, perhaps even two, you're actually way better at focusing on your daily costs. Be that even your car hire, Mm -hmm. because that can really add up, your accommodation and actually your food and drink. And therefore, I say to people, it can be nice sometimes, especially if you're doing a DIY where you're finding your own accommodation, do it backwards. Find the accommodation first. This is particularly the case if you've got a real bucket list kind of hotel you want to go to or just you want to be at the coast or you want a beautiful sea view where you are flexible on where you want to go, but you know the kind of holiday you Mm -hmm. want to go on. By using filters on search websites such as Google Hotels, Airbnb, you can really not have to specify the date, find what you're after, and then find what the cheapest dates are for what you're doing, and then slot the flights in around it. Because actually, you're way better spending £50 extra per flight if it means you've saved £400, £500 on the accommodation. So it's a balancing act. Yeah, I mean, you know, those £9.99 flights can look appealing, but there's a lot more that goes into your holiday than just that. I mean, even just into the flight itself, you could be paying for seats, luggage. Yeah, Um, and that's another massive thing is who are you flying with? Because mm -hmm. actually, if you know you need luggage you are better flying with the airlines that give it, you know, as part of the package. So your British Airways and Jetsu and TUI, where they actually include a decent amount. And when I say decent, I mean, you're allowed to take a handbag and a suitcase on the flight with you. Mm-hmm. You will not get that with EasyJet, with Air or with Ryanair. You're yeah. just, you've just got that small bag. Well, hold that thought because <laughs> I'm, I've been really excited to talk, to talk to you about packing and luggage and hand luggage. But let's just hold that for a second. Okay. Well, we go on to hotels. Yes. So you've booked your flights, now your hotels. How do you get a good deal? So for your hotels, again, there's a lot of flexibility that comes into play. So it's all about when are you going. If you can, I say this to people all the time, if you want a city break, please just shift it one day along. Mm -hmm. Most people fly on the Friday and come back the the Sunday. Mm. If you go on the Saturday and come back the Monday, you're not really changing the amount of annual leave you need to take off. But what you're doing is you're bringing the price down. So it's thinking outside the box for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of actually booking the hotel, again, shop around. It's all about comparison websites. I tend to use Google Hotels, but then I'll check on Trivago and that will allow me to check on booking.com, on hotels.com, on all the different third parties. And of course, check direct as well. The one thing I will say is make sure when you're going to all these third party websites that you are logged in. More and more of these websites are rewarding you if you have any loyalty with them at all. So mm-hmm. what can often happen is I'll look on booking.com and it might be £76. I'll log in and they've given me a 15% discount because I've booked 10 hotels already with them mm-hmm. for that year. So it's just worth making sure you are logged in on everything before you recognise what the final price is. It's so interesting you say that because I've noticed personally that I could be on a booking site um, on their website 
then I could be on the app. Mm. Maybe my partner could also be on on their phone and we're all getting different prices for the same thing. Yeah. 100%. Also, it can be based on who's sending you to that link that you've clicked on. Mm. So, for example, cashback sites are brilliant and you can, you know, recoup quite a bit of, you know, money here, there, pounds, which can really add up. However, I have found as well that the link that they give you can sometimes bump the price up. Yes, I found that too, actually. So it's not to say that cashback sites don't work. It's just check every single route every single time. That's the best way to know that you're getting the best price possible. Research, research, research. Yes. Um, And once you've booked your hotel, what about upgrades? Oh. Um, Now, I've actually been quite lucky and had had a couple of these over the years. Okay. Um, At the end of my honeymoon, I got one. Saying that, I did have a honeymoon fail um, in the the first place. We we stayed at a few places and the first place we got to... um, she asked to see a photo. I'd written that it was our honeymoon. She asked to see a photo of the wedding. I suppose she just thought maybe I was lying. And luckily, I mean, not luckily, because I had got married very recently. <laughs> I showed her on my phone, you know, oh, here's my wallpaper. It's yeah. my husband. Um, and she seemed, you know, pleasantly surprised, I think, actually. Um, but <laughs> oh yeah, so I've God. had some wins. I've had some fails. What do you reckon? Is it something that, that we can all try? Is it worth trying? That is so funny. Do you know, my first thought was, thank mm. God for AI. I'm going to ask them to put me in a wedding dress yeah. <laughs> and have that on my phone in my favourites folder at all times. Um, ultimately, it's okay. You don't have to say that you've just got married. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. if you have just got married, you should absolutely tell the hotel that. I, I always think if it's a good hotel, they will be prioritising their customer service and they want to make your stay the best type possible and therefore if they have got a free room that is an upgrade for you a lot of hotels will do it because it doesn't cost them loads of money extra but it means that you may come I think it's a win-win because Mm. you'll come away absolutely delighted you're probably going to post about on social media and also you're going to tell your family and friends that you had this amazing time at this hotel so it works for everybody involved and that is the reason why I think it is more than fine to email to ask for an upgrade when you don't even have a special occasion (laughs) I love this. Because you're going on holiday. You're spending money. It is a special occasion. In my mm. head, that that's enough. That's enough of a reason mm. to ask for It that. is a special occasion. Yeah. We're not all doing it, you know, 10 times a year as, as you yeah, were exactly. all those many years ago. Yeah. So what I always say to people is you send an email and you're just really polite and just be ex- why are you excited to stay at this hotel? How did you find out about it? Let that person know why you are excited to be staying with them. And then it's just about phrasing it in a delicate way that's very polite, that says, um, I would love to be considered for an upgrade. It would really make our trip. However, totally understand if you don't have the availability, either way, we can't wait. See you soon. Right, pause this episode, rewind <laughs> it and write that down because that's something you're going to need. You've probably heard of Witch Magazine, our home of hard-hitting journalism and informative stories delivered directly to our members. There's our travel, money and tech mags too. But did you know you can hear some of our best articles for free, available to listen to whenever you like? Each week on the Witch Shorts podcast, we bring you a specially selected story, lovingly voiced and produced especially for you, on a whole range of fascinating topics. Just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening. Last minute escapes. In the sun? What is the best airline? Or the worst airline? What happens if my flight is delayed? Or cancelled? 
Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm, benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. And what about flights then? So I saw this on TikTok um, that somebody was trying something that somebody else had done, right? Mm -hmm. So they said that they were told that if they bought the flight attendants a gift, Mm -hmm. so they bought from the uh, duty-free, I think it was like a big bag of chocolates, which probably costs like 20 quid because they're so expensive, Um, gave it to the flight attendant and just said, oh, you know, I just wanted to to let you know how grateful I am for all the work you do. Um, I'm really excited to fly with you today. And they thought that that might mm-hmm. get them an upgrade. Apparently, so the story goes, they heard that somebody walked over to the person who'd just given the chocolates and said, oh, excuse me, sir, um, your seat's ready. It sounds like a film, doesn't it? Um, but actually... You know, the girl whose TikTok I watched said that she was given a bottle of water. So that failed on her account. I don't know. Is it legit? Do you think, does this really happen? So I have tried and tested this. Right. And I've spoken to people who it's worked for. But in general, no, it doesn't work. Okay. Spoiler. Uh, But ultimately, so I had heard this story too. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I was off on a flight to Thailand, to Bangkok, and Mm -hmm. it was two different flights. So me and my boyfriend had bought some chocolate and then we both had a turn to see if we would get any extra special treatment on Mm -hmm. this flight. No, we did not get any extra special treatment, but I still do it. The reason I still do it is I believe, and someone who perhaps works for crew can correct me if this is not true, but I've been told by a few people, that I don't think they can take stuff on board with them. So like snacks and things like that. They'll have their meals mm. on the on the plane, but they can't exactly take chocolate on board and things like that. So I actually do think it's a lovely little treat to give to the crew. They work really long hours. A lot of people don't realise that they don't even start getting paid till the plane door's closed. Really? So, you know, when we're all sat there waiting and thinking, oh, we just want to get going. They want to get going too because they want to start getting paid. Mm. Um so I actually do still do it because I think it's a really nice thing to to hand it over to them. And what I have oft what I often find is that they go, "Are you crew?" That's the response. Oh. You know, it's a thing that crew do for other crew mm-hmm. because they are aware, you know, that these people might just want need that little pick me up as part of their flight, and it may only cost you a few quid. But you've done something nice. And do you know what? If one day I get that upgrade, I want to be the first to know. Can I just say? <laughs> I did it on my most recent flight. I flew to Singapore and I gave them some lint chocolates. And look, I didn't get, I. they were very nice to me. When I, when they went past, they were calling me bestie. That's oh. essentially what I paid for. I paid, I paid my way in chocolates to be called bestie oh. on my flight. Yeah. Well, you might have got an extra drink. Out yeah, exactly. Or... Exactly. I think it's another thing. You do it, not expecting to get anything out of it. And actually, mm-hmm. the quite act nice, of giving is, is a lovely thing to do. Oh, a lovely note to, to reach. Um, <laughs> And what about um, seat upgrades, as in to get extra leg room? I've been quite lucky with this personally. I mean, I'm 5'11", my partner's 6'4". So I feel like, you know, between us, we're yeah. both kind of on the lookout as soon as the doors close. Mm-hmm. And then we might just discreetly move and, yeah. and get an extra leg room. But I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like long gone are the days where you can just ask when you check in. Yeah. Um, it depends what airline. If you're with the low-cost airline, you know, you're... you're your classes, everyone else, you know, mm, it's a free for all, right. basically. Um, but if you are with like a national carrier or, you know, I 
say more like the British Airways, I would mm-hmm. definitely still flag it. Um, perhaps not even at check-in, wait for everyone to check in. Mm. And then uh, remember, you can always talk to them at the gate as well. To mm, say, uh, do you know, I actually checked my British Airways flight to Singapore recently. At the gate, I said, hi there, can I just double check? Are there any free seats um, anywhere? And she moved me into a free row. And that was oh, just wow. before I got onto the plane. So you can still make those changes at, at that point. And as long as it's not too busy, like that they're not going out of their way. But, you know, you're just asking a really standard question. So don't feel like you're being a burden to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to your comment about emailing for a hotel upgrade. You mm-hmm. know, ultimately, you are kind of just speaking to another human. Yeah. And you can, you know, just be friendly and nice and yeah. you, you might find that you're, you get lucky. Honestly, that will get you so far. The other top tip I have if you are flying low cost airlines and this is particularly for Ryanair and Wizz Air who love to split you up mm, if I've you, experienced that yeah if you do not fuck that seat they're going to split you up because they want to try and force you into paying um, this is what you do I almost don't want to give this away because this has a very high success rating <laughs> for me and it hasn't it hasn't become a video yet I filmed it quite a while away I think I'm really sitting on it because I'm like I just just want to keep this to myself cats out the bag now I'm afraid what you should do is check in at the last possible moment or at least keep checking on it uh, in the last few hours. So you normally have until, I know with Ryanair, it's two hours before your scheduled departure time. That's when you have to check in for. Mm -hmm. The reason for this is that they want you to buy a seat. And so you can still view the seating plan up until the moment that you check in, i.e. you can see what seats are left over for you to check into. And because they want people to pay, they give away the rubbish seats first. And so often, the seats that are left are the expensive ones. So this has happened, this has worked out well for me three times on Wizz Air. I have got the extra legroom seats because I've just been the last person to check in and therefore that's the last seat available on the plane. No way. Yeah. And me and my boyfriend, we not only that, me and my boyfriend sat one seat away from each other because that just are the, were the last seats that were available and added up together. I think they were worth about £50, but we got it for free. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great tip. I'm definitely going to be trying yeah. that because it's so frustrating. And, you know, everyone, it just seems like half the carriers in the same position. Everyone's kind of trying to swap seats yeah. with, you know, who can I swap seats with around me, like looking around. It's, yeah, very, very frustrating. Um. But again, you've brought me nicely onto packing, yes. luggage. I'm so happy we've got here. And we're talking about maximising your hand luggage allowance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've tried a load of hacks for this. Some of them are pretty bonkers. Yes. Um, some yes. of them seem like absolute gems. So start us off. Okay, so I think the first one that I tried out, actually, I'll start with a classic because this is certainly nothing new. Everyone's done this at some point or other, I kind of think, but the duty free bag. So, quite simply, no, have you not done it? No, I, I, this was the one I thought was a gem. I yeah. Thought, oh, yeah, I hadn't done that before. So, this has been going on for years and years and years. And quite simply, because, you know, people go to the airport and before the flight, they buy stuff on duty free. And most airlines will not ask you to put that in your bag. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you've got 
a bag there that you can probably yep. pop a couple of extra things inside. My big thing for that is don't just buy booze because they seal that up and you cannot get anything <laughs> in that bag. So you want to be buying something that isn't booze related. Uh, the other thing is they do uh, have these self-checkouts these days. So you can often just get a bag without buying anything. That We can't condone that. <laughs> of course. Uh, you can buy some chewing gum. <laughs> buy a, a little packet of chewing gum there you go i mean you could always ask them for a bag yeah, or ask course. to buy a bag exactly who knows it might work exactly 10p you know give mm-hmm. them the 10p that they're due um and so that can be a really good thing and i know of people who have bought stuff from duty free in the past and they just bring it on every single flight so you, they buy something from duty free once and then that's their bag for their extras for every single holiday for the next 10 years it's brilliant, isn't it? And I, <laughs> I think it's great as well. I think you flagged this. That's why it was, it's in my head. Um, you can put your handbag in there. Because yeah. often airlines can be quite funny about you having that second piece of yes. luggage when it's actually, you know, a really small handbag, but it's just got your phone and your purse in it. Yeah, exactly. So just pop that in there and Do that sold. all the time. Do that all the time. That's an absolute winner. So that's classic for mm-hmm. good reason. The We start to get on to the more bonkers and bizarre as yeah. we move to the other ones that I've tested out. One was I was packing once and I got my travel pillow and realised I had a zip. And I had seen the, the pillow hack had gone viral. Had you seen that? The big pillow. No, I hadn't seen so that. So someone had taken their pillow out and stuffed it with clothes and taken that to the airport. And that has gone massively viral all over TikTok. I remember, and it worked. And it worked. But I remember watching it and thinking, that's great, but... as that's long haul. Mm-hmm. To me, that's long haul. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're going to be getting away with that on Ryanair yeah. for an hour and a half. They'll be like, you yeah. don't need this pillow. What are yeah. you doing? So I was a bit reluctant because I was like, it's a great hack, but I don't think many people would actually try it out for themselves. I saw my travel pillow, noticed it had a little zip on it, and I went, hang on. Unzipped it, took out the memory foam inside, and went, look at all this space that I could potentially pack. And I feel like those little travel pillows are much more like acceptable for these short haul definitely, flights. Definitely. And they don't make you pack them in. So mm. I stuffed it full of my pants. <laughs> As you do. Got quite a few pairs in. You know what it's like packing for a three day uh, trip. So you take 10 <laughs> pairs of pants. Uh, stuffed it all in with some t shirts and all those other stuff. And I gave it a go. And yeah, absolutely no problems. Amazing. Yeah, that one is. Honestly, it makes me laugh so hard because I know so many people who have done it. And I've even been at the airport where I've overheard people going, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, take the travel pillow. <gasps> no It's way. full of stuff, you know. And it, it went and lots of people have done it. Yeah, I'm sure people have done it before and since, but that mm-hmm. went very viral for me. That has probably been watched about 20 million people, people watching me stuff my travel pillow full of my pants. Oh, that's fantastic. So. I mean... You've also been stuffing some other bizarre yeah. things. I mean, a fisherman's vest, you a call it? A fisherman's vest. I would say, though, what you're describing as a fisherman's vest, actually, it's it's kind of a, a pretty trendy vest I, right now, isn't it? Like People wear the, them at festivals. I don't think we don't necessarily think we call them fisherman's vests. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they are. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a vest with lots of pockets, isn't it? Yeah, well, the reason I ended up doing this is because I saw there is actually a travel vest on the market, which is so similar, but it's £80. And I thought, that's a great idea, but no one's going to spend £80 on that. And I found the fisherman's vest for a tenner Mm -hmm. and therefore went, right, let's give it a go. So many pockets, massive one at the back for your laptop. Yeah, that's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out perfectly because I didn't even mean for this to happen, but it perfectly matched my coat colour. 
So it kind of just all blended in. It didn't look odd. As, I mean, it just, I thought it looked like decent. I thought it was good. You yeah. look great. Thank what you. I meant. You look great. I'm hearing style icon. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so that one, again, I've seen loads of people use that since. I Honestly, I thought that one was silly and no one would recreate it. It has been recreated many, many a time. I've seen a lot of videos. Uh, and the final one was just wearing a bra that was slightly baggy and stuffing that. And I've got to say... That's quite a funny one, isn't it? Do not recommend that one. Very warm yeah. on the plane. Yeah, that yeah. does. I mean, I suppose once you're on the plane, once you're through, it, you could t t potentially... I did. I took it off straight away. Bags, but it, but bit awkward, especially as I wasn't even sat next to my boyfriend on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I was not paying for that Ryanair seat. Oh, um, and another thing that can be quite awkward when you're going through with your hand luggage is liquids. Yes. And again, I thought this tip was brilliant um, about click and collect. Yes. It's so good, isn't it? So lots of people don't realise that boots, you can do click and collect after security because there are so many boots that are actually after you go through that whole liquid checking process. And I mean, obviously you could pop into boots and buy what you need anyway but it's really good especially if you're going to an airport that's got a tiny little boots you know exactly what you're going to get mm. you know the price that you're going to pay it for and you can save a lot of time by just going straight up to someone saying hello I'm here for my package and yeah it just makes things a lot easier it's a game changer isn't it and the last thing on packing how to successfully pack your one piece of luggage do you have mm. any tips on getting stuffing in as much as you can oh, i've got to do it tonight really so this is good prep okay. you know i've got to get myself get in, in the zone. zone yeah um it's all about making a list mm -hmm. and actually mapping out what you're going to wear every day so on my phone right now i did it on the tube before i know what i'm going to be wearing next tuesday morning oh it's so organized <laughs> but it's properly it's that good. you know the capsule wardrobe yeah if you've got a piece can you wear it in a different way on a different day so i think i'm taking like three different bottoms, six different tops, a couple of dresses, and I'll mix and match. And then having those, I, it's, I'm not into my fashion that much at all, but I know that they're called hero pieces, oh, yeah. which, you know, might be a pair of jeans that you wear every single day. Or for me, this is such a winner, especially if you're going somewhere a bit warmer and you don't know whether to take a coat or not, mm. like quite a thick denim shirt is such a winner. Very versatile. It's so, I wear it like every single day and it doesn't take up much space and you can wrap it around you for going, getting on the plane so you don't even have to pack it. So that I would say that's a really good one. Once you're ready, it is all about making things as small as possible. So I swear by vac bags and I get the ones that you roll by hand. And that is because when you get to your hotel wherever and they don't have a vacuum for you to use, you can still use them on the way back. So you, you pack all your stuff into them and you squeeze in the air out by hand and that makes them much much smaller when it comes to your liquids I decant everything right. so even my foundation I decant it into tiny little pots do you yeah because you've got to think about volume mm -hmm. the smaller the better it's also lighter it just makes it a nicer experience especially if you're carrying it on your back yeah or things like that you want to make that bag as light as possible for yourself well, finally then, um, for anybody wanting to go on holiday this year, obviously we're kind of at the end of summer, but mm -hmm. there's still quite a lot of the year left. What are some places you'd recommend for a great budget holiday in 2023? I am obsessed with Poland. I'm literally about to go there once again. I'm mm -hmm. off to Wrocław. Oh, I haven't been to Poland before. Oh, you need to go. 
because what's so wonderful about them is there's a lot of cities that you can go to. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of places maybe have one or two places that are set up for tourists. Oh my goodness, Poland's got so many to choose from. Uh, there are these beautiful towns with great food, great people, and loads of history and culture around them. I really, really recommend Poland for a city break. Um, so I would absolutely look at that. Krakow is such a good one mm-hmm. if you haven't been before. I'd absolutely And Christmas market's coming up as well. Would love to go. Yeah. I love Polish dumplings. <gasps> Pierogi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am That's looking it. forward to eating quite a few of them in the next Amazing. week. Um, so city break wise, definitely be looking for that kind of region. I also did Vilnius for the first time in Where's Lithuania. That? Okay, That is absolutely beautiful, stunning. It's really interesting. I find that when you talk about, you know, Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, a lot of people tend to clump them in with like Poland and Romania, which mm-hmm. makes no sense geographically, mm-hmm. let alone everything else. And when I was in Lithuania, I really, it, I really got Scandi vibes. Really? Yeah, you think about it, it is Northern Europe. It's, you know, it's that Scandi kind of feel behind it, but for so much cheaper than Scandinavia. I was going to say, is it Scandi vibes, but not Scandi prices? Exactly, which is my perfect kind that of combination. Yeah. Myself. So for city breaks, I'd be looking at those kind of destinations and then going a bit further, Bulgaria is amazing for great value for money. Mm. And then, of course, if you can get over the steep flight prices for going further afield, you are not going to get better value than, you know, Southeast Asia and looking at those places. And that is really when you're drilling down into your daily costs. That's Mm -hmm. where you're going to get the value. Uh, My I think probably the best country I've ever been to, and it's really hard for me to choose, but Vietnam. Really, I've been to Vietnam, actually, it was amazing. It just really brings together so many amazing things. The food's absolutely so good, but it's so affordable. You feel really safe. There's such a different, diverse amount of different terrains, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much history and culture. I just think that is, yeah, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful country, and I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, absolutely loved Vietnam. I think I remember having, this was many, many moons ago now, but I remember getting meals for 30p Mm. when I was there. And, you know, they were amazing. Yeah. Where did you go? Um, This is a test now. Um, Hoi An, Ho Chi Minh. (gasps) Hoi An's my favourite. Yeah. Phu Quoc. I might be pronouncing these wrong. I'm sorry for anybody (laughs) who's recognised that. Um, Anywhere else you'd recommend? Well, the cheap version of Ha Long Bay is Kat Bar. So if you want to go and see the same sites as Halong Bay, which is absolutely exquisite, Mm. go to Cat Bar. And whereabouts It's the next island along, basically. And you go on a very similar boat trip, but it'll cost you a... Well, I say this, I went a good few years ago, but our boat trip was a tenner and I knew that other people were paying like £100. So, yeah. It's all about those money saving. Even in a cheaper country, there's yeah. still cheap tips, you Definitely. know, that you have to take to make sure that of you're getting course. the best value possible. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it's making me get itchy feet for sure, all <laughs> of this. Um, but if you had to leave our listeners now with three tips, mm-hmm. three tips for saving, we, we can have covered them or something completely new. Tips, hacks, advice. What would you say? Okay, number one, be flexible. Be open to a different destination and just making something work for your budget. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go away on a budget. You're just going to have to start saying yes to some things that you haven't said yes to before. The second thing is think daily costs over one-off costs. That's where you're going to save the most money. And the third thing is do not forget the power of being a nice human 
being and be that from asking for an upgrade or asking to move into another seat. The power of the smile gets you very far and makes you a lot of friends when you're traveling. And yeah, I think the best trips come when you really embrace that. Oh, I absolutely love it. Chelsea, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to this Get Answers special. And as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we'll be back with more over the next few weeks. If you enjoyed today's show, then make sure to check out our weekly money podcast too and keep checking our Witch Investigates podcast feed for something brand new and exciting on the way soon. And don't forget, you can get answers to all manner of questions on the Witch website. Just head to witch.co.uk. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was presented by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by Rob Lilly, recorded by Angus Farker, and edited by Eric Breer. When life gives you questions, Witch, get answers. Hi there, Harry from Witch here. Our research has found that millions of families are skipping meals to survive the cost of living crisis. And our figures show that over 8 in 10 people in the UK are having to make adjustments to save money on food. With the price of essential products soaring, we believe that supermarkets have to step up to the plate to help us all. That's why we've launched the Affordable Food for All campaign, calling on the big supermarkets to take action and make a real difference to communities across the UK. If you agree and would like to join our campaign, then sign our petition at which.co.uk slash affordable dash food and use the hashtag affordable food for all on social media. Thank you.